Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Sarah M. Eden here with Tracy Hunter Abramson, Esther Hatch, and Sean and Bessie. Welcome to the studio, ladies. It's good Thank to be you. here. Yeah, yeah, good to see all of you. We're uh, wrapping up 2021, which I know was kind of a difficult year on many fronts, but I kind of like looking back on a year and, and measuring it by things that went well. Um, but I am curious to hear from each of you what you think everyone else's highlight of 2021 <laughs> might have been. Well, I must say Sarah's is kind of easy, <laughs> right? I mean, Charming Artemis, people have been looking forward to that book for how many years? 15? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it for 15. <laughs> okay, yeah. you have been for 15. So that is my guess. And I'm sure you have lots of other amazing things that happen, but I can't imagine much topping ending both your series with such an amazing release. That was pretty great. <laughs> and I think I can guess Esther's as well, because Esther got to spend a few weeks in Hawaii in 2021. And I've been to Hawaii too, and I know how magical that place is. Mm. And so I'm guessing that that's right up there. It really is. And honestly, that would probably be a family highlight for years and years, because yeah, it was magical um, for me, just A, it's Hawaii, but B, it was just our family for a longer time period than normal. And I just right. love spending time with just my family. I don't know. <laughs> Without schedules and no, deadlines and everything. Nice. It was yeah. lovely. I think Tracy's highlight also involved a bit of actual magic. She um, is well known for never having her shoes on. But I happen to know she lost her shoes at a conference earlier this year. And managed to find them again. Now, if that's not magic, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what is. Time for your flight, even. And yeah, so I seriously got up on Sunday morning at my hotel, and I went to I pack everything up, and I go to put my shoes on, and no shoes. And I was like, oh no! And I remember at least I'd gone to dinner that night before, so I only had like six places I had to look. But I literally am scouring the entire hotel trying to figure out where I'd kick my shoes off, where I where I'd talk to people. So they were found. All was well. And a few people even on Facebook told me where they were in case I hadn't found them. So, <laughs> Everyone's looking out for you. They were so... This may have happened a few times in the past, but this is the longest I ever actually had them lost. So, and just for the record, she's not wearing shoes right now either. You're right. I'm, my shoes are somewhere in the building. So you may have to help me after we finish recording to figure out where they are. So I know that Sean's highlight absolutely has to be that we started this podcast. And she gets to do this... All the time, every other week, hang out with us. So everybody else is laughing because they're looking at my face. I wish you could all see my face as this being my highlight. This would be the highlight of how to put Sean out of her comfort zone. <laughs> but it truly has been fun to hang out with you three. Well, you're welcome for getting you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, reaching the end of the year, you know, I, I've said I like looking back and seeing what's happened, but I know it's also a time when a lot of people make New Year's resolutions or think about things they want to do in the coming year, which got me to thinking about something we as authors get asked all the time, and that's, how do I get a book published? And that is such a huge question that we could spend hours and hours and hours discussing it. We've already said it could easily make multiple podcast episodes, but I think it might be fun to talk today about what goes into publishing before you ever even reach the point that you're going to send something to a publisher or an agent or prepare it for indie publishing. 
So I want to ask you guys, since we've been at this for a little while, you've got at least a couple books under your belt. What is something in the pre-submission, pre-publication process that surprised you? you know, along the way, either early on or even more recently? I think the thing that surprised me when I first started was how much time passed from the time I got that phone call saying we're accepting your book to when I actually received like my contract to my first edit. You know, it, it can be a significant amount of time because, you know, a lot of times we're, we're, what we're writing today might not come out for two years. And even though they gave me a release date, I didn't really understand like at what point did I get the different you know, stages of editing and things like that. So that was just a real eye-opener for me. Yeah, and one of the things that I didn't even know were a thing before I first (laughs) submitted a manuscript were the dreaded submission forms. (laughs) And, uh, oh, do you you hear the moan? (laughs) Yes, this is a real issue. Um, So the submission forms, for those of you who have never heard this term before, are... They are things that we have to send in when we finished our manuscript with our manuscript, and they include things like a summary of the story, and then we have to um, sometimes do a summary of each chapter, and we have to do a description of each of the characters, and um, anyway, it almost takes as long to do the submission forms as it does to write the original (laughs) manuscript. (laughs) And so it's just one of those things where you don't, I don't ever factor it in to my time. I think, oh, I'm done. And then I'm, no, I'm not. I haven't done the submission. <laughs> still, <almost. right>. still. <laughs> exactly. I agree with that one for sure. Um, I'm going back a little bit earlier, even before submitting and just talking about some of the surprises I had while I was learning to write. Mm-hmm. And I started writing just for fun with a writing club and it was great. And luckily I had one published author in the club and she told me about writing conferences. And so I went to my first writing conference. And at this point, I think I had just finished my first draft of the book that would get published. I'd written one other thing, but um, I was sitting in a class taught by Jeanette Rollison and she was just casually going over some cliches you might not want to use in your book. And I looked down at my first page of this book that I was getting ready to submit and it had two of them in it. Not one, (laughs) but two of these cliches and I will tell you that as I was sitting there my stomach clenched and my heart started pounding and those were the exact two cliches (laughs) (laughs) that were on my first page that I then rewrote to do something that just sounded not something that an editor would read every day on a, a submission like a brand new author so I think that was kind of interesting to me that I didn't realize there were certain phrases that kind of get flagged as like Okay, you You're new. you haven't you haven't <laughs> taken a class on this yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think the longer you're in this industry, the more you realize how much you don't know. Like you think I'm going to reach a point where this is just all easy sailing, and it kind of never happens. Um, I think one thing I learned along the way that I didn't realize when I very very first got started was that if you're writing in fiction, you don't pitch a book to a publisher until it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was something I hadn't realized um, that I think maybe other people don't as well. So before you can even pitch a book, before you can submit it for consideration, obviously before you can indie publish it, if that's um, the the publishing route you're going, you have to actually write a book. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which, yeah, (laughs) believe it or not, that's part of the process. Um, And a question I get asked a lot, and I imagine a lot of you do too, 
Um, do you write multiple drafts before you submit a manuscript? Do you do a lot of revising? Are you someone who it's like one and done, turn it in and there you go? Like, how does that look to you? I don't usually do very much revision when I've got an end product because I'm kind of revising as I go. Um, I write a little bit more slowly than some authors, but it's because I'm trying to get it right as I go along. So by the time I actually do finish a manuscript, it usually only takes a couple of read-throughs, a few tweaks, and then I'm ready to submit. And for me, I'm typically a two to three draft writer. I mean, the first first draft I write, I write really thin. I don't have a lot of like character, like dialogue tags and movement and description and a lot of those kind of things are really missing. And so I'll go through and just enhance all of that. And for for the ones that I have to send in the CI, I'll get it as good as I can, mostly. <laughs> then I'll send it to them because it takes a little bit for them to review it. And then during that time, I'm like, okay, I need to read it again. And that's where I'll kind of do that final polish. So, it, but I'll tell you, when I started, that first book, it probably was 100 drafts. So yeah, <laughs> it really yeah. does change as you go along. Like, I can say this now after 30-something books, but when I started, I was probably like five drafts or seven drafts or 100 drafts or whatever. So... I'm kind of laughing because I'm, I'm listening to Tracy and I'm going, I didn't realize I was not the only person who did that. Like, <laughs> I write very thin on the first one. And the things you said you added, dialogue tags and movement, and mm-hmm. those are the exact same things. And strengthening characters and yeah. the things that I go back on my second draft. And I think part of the reason I write that way is um, I'm not a plotter. And so I consider my first draft almost like an outline, even though it's a book. It, it is a book. It's a thin book. It <laughs> needs like fleshing out, um, but it's still also where I figured everything out. And, and so like my characters, by the end, I finally know them and I can go back in my second draft and make sure they're consistent throughout the whole book. And so, I, yeah, I'm definitely a lot like Tracy. Yeah, or I'm a lot like you when we're the other. One or the yes, other. we've got this down. <laughs> and it works, even though we don't plot, Sarah. We can <laughs> <laughs> See, and I'm probably more like Sean. Um, and it's probably because I do a lot of plotting and a lot of that before I start actually drafting. So I will write a first draft and then I go back through and make some tweaks and some adjustments where it's needed. And then I have, um, I don't know if you guys have discovered this wonderful trick of the trade. If you have your computer read to you your document in its little cute computer voice, you catch so many errors because there's no inflection. It doesn't fix anything. It reads it exactly as it is on the page. I find a lot of errors that way. So that's usually wow. my process. I never have either. It's fantastic. Sounds like a th- great thing to do on the treadmill, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know, we each have different um, stages that our, our manuscripts go through. We had different number of rewrites, different number of adjustments. Um, how do you know when a manuscript is ready to move to that publication stage, when you're ready to submit it to a publisher or ready to pitch it to an agent or ready to start the work of indie publishing a manuscript? How do you know when you get to that point? So for me, it's just when I feel like it's the best possible product I can make without having outside help, that's where I stop. And I usually do use at least one beta reader at some point. But I know when my first book, I sent it in and it's like, it was, it actually came back for rewrite and I took a year to rewrite this. But when I sent it in, I remember having that thought of, I love this book. And even if nobody else ever reads it, I'm so excited that I get to read it. And when I can get to that point, I'm like, okay, it's ready. Now, with that said, every time I think it's a great book is the one I get a rewrite request. So, you know, we try. We do our best with what we have. And then, you know, then we send it in and hope it, that they can help us get it to the next level. 
Yeah, I, I feel like for me it is when I have, first of all, written those few drafts that we talked about <laughs> and then sent it out to some beta readers. And to me, they're still a huge part of my process. And um, I usually try to fix the things that they've noticed. And sometimes I ignore it too. Um, sometimes I ignore it until like the second person notices the same thing. <laughs> and then I realize, okay, it really is a problem. <laughs> and so after I kind of get to the point where I feel like I've fixed everything the beta readers have noticed and I've noticed, I turn it in and again, feel like it's to the point where I think you, you come to a point where you're just changing things and not fixing things or you're moving right. things around, but you're not necessarily making it better. And then you need the professional help of your editors. And um, if I do feel like if I waited until I felt like a book was perfect, it would just never get turned in. Right. Yeah. I feel that way, even with the proof on the last stage. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I use a beta reader too, but to be honest, I usually only have one and it's my sister and she's a good writer and a, and a fast reader so I can send it to her and she gives me a reader's perspective and tells me if it's a book that she would enjoy reading as a, uh, just from picking it up on a bookshelf and that to me is a good sign if, if someone feels like they would enjoy it then I think okay. This is something I can send. <laughs> right. So I still remember my sister read one of my books before it was published. And she said, I don't know if you'll take offense at this or not. But she's like, it, it reads like a book I would read, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I don't take offense at that at all. <laughs> that was actually what I was goal. going for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I have on, uh, on a sticky note on my desk Shocker. in my office... Um, a quote from, I think it's from Da Vinci, it said, art is never finished, it's only abandoned. <laughs> and I feel like that for me is what my time to turn it in looks like. It's when I know I'm not, like Esther said, fixing anything, I'm just changing things, or I can't do any more with this without help. So mm -hmm. then I let it go, because I could probably rewrite it forever if I didn't force yeah. myself to push it to that next that next stage. Um, and I think early on, I wasn't as good about that. I, like, you, uh, Tracy was saying that like her first couple books she wrote, I don't know, 27,000 drafts of them. <laughs> I think we all kind of experience that where you just keep trying to make it better and better and you don't realize you need to let it go. But it's something I've learned over time. Is there something else that you guys know now um, that you, you wish you had known when you first started writing? Something that might have made the journey easier or would have sped things up or just, you know, helped you out? I think one thing that was surprising to me and if I had known this it might have caused me a little bit less panic was just that there's a lot of coincidence in publication and in writing. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like sometimes we feel like our stories have to be 100% unique and different from everything else out there and once you're in this world and, and now I've got all these friends that are authors and we're putting out a lot of books like I think between my friends there's a book coming out every week or something you know right. and um, you start seeing like, oh, this person's title character has the same name as mine. And it, <laughs> and at first that would make me full on panic. And I would think I have to change it. And, but then some crazy things happened. And last year or two years ago, there were three books from my same publisher that had the name of Barton in it as a main character. There were two books with ladies de disguised as maids or housekeepers. And those are the two I know about because I was one of the books involved in both of those things. And I just think like at some point you have to calm down and realize like that you are what makes your story unique. And, and that really has been a great thing for me to understand. That's great. I love that. I think for me, it's 
kind of going moving fast forward is how much marketing has changed. You know, when I first started, it was, you know, you send out these marketing packets and you're trying to get newspaper articles and newspaper reviews and things like that. And now it's mostly social media. And so I would, you know, I think for a newer author coming in today, it's, you know, it's, there's ne- it's never too early to start establishing that social media presence and also building those networks. You know, we, we have a lot of people who are not authors, not published authors at this point that support all of our books. And so it's really amazing how, when, you know, when we see somebody get into that world, breakthrough, it's like they already have a, a lot of published authors already cheering for them. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And I think, too, one of the things that, that I've thought about uh, as far as feeling like your product is ready is just remembering that rewriting is normal. And it doesn't mean that something you've written is weak. It just means that it has the potential to be better. Um, and that as we learn... And, and improve our skills as writers, um, hopefully we can make those books better and better. That's great. Yeah, um, I feel like this has been a nice review for me as well because I think it's easy for us to kind of get lost in those trenches where we're thinking, oh, I have to do another second draft of this book or this isn't working out. And, it's a good reminder for us. It's good, uh, you know, for those who are out in the writing trenches as well. Uh, if you would like to hear, you know, more episodes on the publication process, how to write books, this type of thing, find us over on Facebook or Instagram. Let us know. We'd love to uh, talk more about it. And to those of you who are in the writing trenches right now, hang in there. Keep writing. We are cheering for you. Uh, thanks for joining us, and join us again next time on Between the Lines. Mm-hmm.